Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Out there, you're on with another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I'm your host, Black Eyes. I'm sitting in for Brother Messenger who could not make it here tonight. And um, what a wonderful, wonderful time we have, and what a wonderful time we are coming up on, brothers and sisters, with the Lord's Feast Day, which is the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets. So I just wanted to um, share those things with you and um, say that I'm happy to be here. I wanted to say peace and blessings to everybody who's listening, and in a moment, everybody who will be watching also as well. All right? So, we are getting ready in a moment. Peace and blessings, everyone out there. You're on with another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. And... We're talking about the Feast of Unleavened, I'm sorry, not the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets, brothers and sisters. That's what we are dealing with tonight on the Bible Show Truth Hour. Hang in there with us, brothers and sisters. We will be on live in one moment, brothers and sisters, one moment. Now, 60 seconds before live. Just about ready, brothers and sisters. Right, going live in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We're on live with the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I am your host, Black Ice. We are live on Facebook Live. We are on TalkShoe.com, and we are on um, also on YouTube. So those who are out there listening and watching, uh, we are dealing with the memorial of the blowing of trumpets today. We're going, Joe. So, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to tune in, listen, and let's do it. Peace and blessings, everybody who's out there. You're on with another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I'm your host, Black Ice. I'm going to ask everybody at this time to begin to start sharing the lesson, brothers and sisters. 
again, begin to start sharing the lesson um, as we are live talking about this wonderful Lord's Day that's coming up, which is the Lord's Feast Day, brothers and sisters. I am excited, and I know that you are excited also as well. And, um, man, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, that we're dealing with tonight on the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I want to say peace and blessings. Those numbers are coming in real fast, but I want to ask all of you all who are in to share this live video feed as I am doing right now. Brothers and sisters, I'm asking you all to share this live feed as I am doing right now. We're live on the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. And we're dealing with the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Again, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, brothers and sisters, here on the Bible Show Truth Hour, here on POET Radio. This is a holy day, a feast day of the Lord, and it is fastly approaching, brothers and sisters. The feast day this year will be celebrated on Sunday. Um, September the the 30th, was it the 30th September? Uh, let me look up that date, brothers and sisters, and just I want to be, I want to make sure that I have the correct date. This Sunday is, yep, September the 29th at sundown to Monday, September the 30th at sundown. We will be celebrating what is called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and um some of you all want to know what this feast day is about, um, what's the purpose of it, what's the meaning behind it, and we're going to cover those things here on the Bible Show Truth Hour tonight. And um, if you want a more in-depth explanation, then definitely tune in to the Sabbath day service, which is Saturday afternoon, where our pastor, Brother Bowie, with the Israel of God, will be going more into depth into the memorial of the blowing of trumpets its meaning, its purpose, and prophecy. Again, the memorial, the blowing of trumpets, its meaning, its purpose, and its prophecy. So I want you guys at this time to start to share the video feed, start to invite people, start to uh, start your watch parties, and let's get this word out, brothers and sisters, because, again, every church should be teaching this, brothers and sisters. Every church should be teaching this, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, brothers and sisters. It's meaning, it's purpose, and prophecy. The memorial of the blowing of trumpets. So we're just waiting for a few more people uh, to get on before we start. we got about one minute, and you guys hear my allergies. Going on over here, so y'all pray for a brother while I um, deliver this word, brothers and sisters. Y'all pray for a brother. I'm sharing this live feed, though. We want to welcome everybody again. messenger today who could not make it um, today. But nonetheless, we're here and this word has to be, 
has to be delivered, and we have to get this word out, brothers and sisters. So, let's get ready to get this word out. Again, for those who just tuned in, we're dealing with the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, um, its meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy. Again, its meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy. That's what we're dealing with on tonight's Bible, the Truth Hour. Continue to share. If you're out there, say peace to your brother so that I'll know that you are out there. Brothers and sisters, I want to hear from you. Uh, yes. I want to hear from you. I want to know that my family is out there. Um, throw that support out there, brothers and sisters. And I think we're just about ready. Are we ready, Sister Key Israel? Are we ready? Sharing to a couple of more groups. All right. See my brother Ava from the Wake Up Show, who's out there. The bomb of Gilead in the building. House of Israel is in the building, and I appreciate all the camps for tuning in, watching, listening, supporting, sharing, inviting. I appreciate all of you all, brothers and sisters. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to go ahead and get started with a prayer, and then we're going to activate our YouTube, and then we're going to go ahead and get right into this word for this evening, brothers and sisters. We're dealing with the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Its meaning, its purpose, and prophecy. Its meaning, its purpose, and prophecy. So let's go ahead and get into our prayer, and then we'll get right into our lesson. Father God, we thank you for allowing us once again to come to you on another Tuesday, Father God for another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I ask that you cover all of those who are watching and who are listening to this program, Father God. We ask that you bestow a blessing on each and every one of them, Father God. We ask that you open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts so that we can get understanding of your word, Father God. We pray that your Holy Spirit come over us during this lesson. Father God, so that you can reveal some things unto us that we have once been blind of, Father God. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, Father God, so that we can learn about the meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy of the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, your feast day, Father God. I pray these things in your Son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and get ready. Let's get our YouTube up and running, and we're going to go ahead and get straight into our lesson. Let's go ahead and get our YouTube up and running, and then we're going to go ahead and get straight into our lesson, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, the meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy. The meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy, brothers and sisters. All right, YouTube. 
All right, we're going live on YouTube in five, four, three. Good evening, YouTube. You're on with another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio, and I am your host, Black Ice. I'm filling in for my brother, Messenger, who could not make it. Uh, my brother, Messenger, who could not make it today. I'm filling in for our brother today, and we're dealing with the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Again, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Have you heard that before? Do you know what it is? Do you know that this is a day that we are commanded to keep? This is a day of the Lord. This is a feast day or holy day, brothers and sisters, of the Lord. And this is a day that we are commanded to keep. So we're going to go through this Bible. We're going to learn about this feast day, the memorial of the Lord's what we're supposed to be doing during this feast day, brothers and sisters, and what the meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy is behind it. So let's go into our lesson. Now, in the scriptures, the Lord gives us seven feast days or holy days that we are commanded to keep. Again, if you go to church and if you say that you are a follower of Jesus, then this applies to you. Those of us who claim that we are Christians, this applies to you. There aren't a lot of Sunday churches that teach about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets or the feast days. However, as a minister of the Word of God, it is our oath and duty to teach about these feast days the Lord, that the Lord commands us to keep. There are seven trumpets that must be blown, marking the coming of Jesus and the first resurrection. Wouldn't it be beautiful that if we went to a funeral, and instead of someone saying that my loved one is up in heaven looking down on me smiling, that they would say that at the last trump, We was the coming of Jesus, and the dead in Christ shall be raised first. That is scripture. That is book. Let us continue, brothers and sisters. So the seventh trump marks the coming of Jesus in the first resurrection. I am excited about tonight's lesson because it was a long time before I knew this myself, brothers and sisters. I was well in my late 30s before I begin to learn about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. I wasn't taught this as a child. I wasn't taught this in the churches that I went to. I wasn't taught this, taught this at the kingdom hall. I did not learn about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets until I began to be up under a teacher or teachers, brothers and sisters, that taught me this book. If you profess to be a Christian, we must keep these days. Turn your Bible to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Turn your Bible to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. We're going to start right here, brothers and sisters, because, see, if you want to know what the Lord's feast days are, this is the book that you start in in order to find out what they are. Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and I'm going to start, and I'm going to read, read verses 1 through 4, and it reads, 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord. Let's stop right there. You can't call this the Jews' feast, brothers and sisters, because the Lord is telling us that these feast days are his feast days. I'm going to read that again. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim, the holy convocation, which means gatherings or church, even these are my feast. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the rest. A holy convocation, which means gathering a church, you shall do no work therein. Um, it is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So some people say, well, we're not in Israel no more. We're not in the land no more, so we don't have to keep these these days no more. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Leviticus 23 and 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. So you can't do this anytime you want to do it. There is a season in which these feast days must be done in, brothers and sisters. Now, the Lord specifically states that these are his feast days. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. Oh, we don't have to do this no more. This was done by the people back then. No, brothers and sisters. If you are a Christian, you say you love Jesus. If you say you are a follower of him, you must keep these feast days. Now, these are the seven feast days of the Lord, brothers and sisters. The Passover is not included in the seven feast days because the Passover is a memorial, brothers and sisters. I'm going to say that again. The Passover is not included in the seven feast days of the Lord because the Passover is a memorial. So let me do the seven feast days. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the first day and the seventh day are your first two feasts of the Lord. I'm going to say that again. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the first day and the seventh day, those are your first two feasts. The Day of Pentecost, that's your third feast. The Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets, this is our fourth feast day, brothers and sisters, that we're getting ready to celebrate right now. The Day of Atonement, that's your fifth feast day. The first day of the Feast of Tabernacles, it's our sixth feast day. And our seventh feast day is the eighth day. Now, brothers and sisters, I don't want to deal with all the feast days today. I want to deal with the feast day that we're coming up on this Sunday so that you can be prepared Sunday at sundown to begin the celebration of this particular feast day, this holy day, that the Lord says 
I want you to come together on this day. I want you to have a holy convocation. I want you to have church on this day. And read about my word. Get understanding of my word. Because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, keep my words. So, brothers and sisters, this is what separates God's church from any other church that's out there. We got a whole lot of churches out there, but a whole lot of churches ain't keeping these feast days. Again, this is what separates God's church. These are his marks that he may know that we love him, brothers and sisters. For the purposes of this lesson, we will only deal with the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, which is coming up again this Sunday. Let's read about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Let's go back to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and let's read verses 23 through 25. Leviticus 23, we're going to start at verse 23. And we're going to read down to verse 25. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath. Sabbaths, brothers and sisters, are sanctified or set apart. So just like you have your weekly Sabbath, which is supposed to be Saturday at sundown, just like you have your weekly Sabbath, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets is also a Sabbath that you come together like you do your weekly Sabbath and you set apart or sanctify it because it's holy like you do your weekly Sabbath. It says at verse 24, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Now, anywhere in the Bible today where you see making offerings, we don't make offerings no more, brothers and sisters. There's no need to sacrifice animals anymore or to make sin offerings anymore because when Jesus came and shed his blood, he replaced sin offering with the sacrifice of himself. So we don't do the sacrifices associated with the feast days anymore, but we still do the feast days, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and continue with our lesson. Now we know that it's the first day of the seventh month of the year, right? Well, I know a lot of you are confused because, see, every day you go to work and you got to write down the number of the month, you're writing down nine today. Again, you're writing down nine. So today when I was writing and at my job, I had to put nine, twenty-four, nineteen. So how are we confused that this right here, brothers and sisters, is the seventh month when the world says that it's the ninth month of the year? Well, we know that man has come and changed the calendar, right? But 
just for the purposes of breaking things down a little bit, let me explain to you where we are. Now, when you stop at a stop sign, it's in the shape of an octagon because it has eight sides to it. An octopus is called an octopus because it has eight tentacles. So any word that begins with oct means eight. What is the name of the month that's coming up next month? That month is called October. It was given the name oct because it is the eighth month of the year, brothers and sisters. The root November, which is nove, means nine. December, deci, any word that begins with D-E-C means ten. A decade is ten years. Decimal point is rounding to the nearest tenth. A decathlon is ten races, and December is the tenth month of the year. So because we're in the seventh of the month of the year, and man has come, and he's changed the calendar, he's added days to certain months, even taken some days away from other months, brothers and sisters, now the calendar is all jacked up. So we got to go according to the moon, brothers and sisters. This is how we know our seasons. Laid out in the book of Genesis, he said, I will create lights in the sky, and they will be for seasons, times, and years. And I'm paraphrasing that, brothers and sisters. So, this Sunday coming up, at sundown, marks the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But let us continue, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Numbers, the 29th chapter. Numbers, the 29th chapter. And we're going to read one verse. Numbers, the 29th chapter. And we're going to read verse 1, brothers and sisters. Numbers 29. And we're going to read verse 1. Now, those who follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they kept his commandments. And I'm talking about those prophets of old. They kept his commandments. So let's go to the book of Numbers and see if we can find more evidence concerning people keeping this feast. Numbers 29 and 1. And in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work. It is a day of blowing the trumpets unto you. The same thing that we're reading in November in, in, in um, Numbers, the 29th chapter, we read in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Let's see if we can find more evidence, brothers and sisters, of the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Now, let's go to the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, the 8th chapter. This is a holy day, and if you are a follower of Jesus, and I can't stress that enough, if you are a teacher, you call yourself a teacher or a preacher of God, you should be teaching about this day. All the feast days are holy days. The feast days are days that you are supposed to have that church, that holy gathering on. 
And what must you do when you are at church? You're supposed to teach the people the true understanding of the prophecy of this book. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah, the 8th chapter. The book of Nehemiah, the 8th chapter. And we're going to start at the top, brothers and sisters. Nehemiah, the 8th chapter. Let's start at verse 1. Verse 1 through 3. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. The book keeps stressing the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. So he read from morning to midday. It didn't say he sang. It didn't say he shouted. It didn't say he played the harp, the stringed instrument. It didn't say he beat on drums. I'm not saying that we shouldn't praise and worship, brothers and sisters. It says that he read, brothers and sisters, from morning into midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. How much are we learning about the law of God when we go into church as opposed to listening to the choir sing, the dance, watching the dancer dance, hearing the drummer drum, the pianist play, the organist play? How much of that are we having versus reading the law of this book? And let's go to verse 5. Numbers 8 and 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen. With lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Let's go to verse 8 and 12. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Tashatha, and Ezra, the priest of the scribes, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. So the memorial of the blowing of trumpets is holy unto the Lord our God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry for your joy 
of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stealed all the people, saying, Hold your peace. But this day is holy, neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Brothers and sisters, this is a holy day. This is a celebration, brothers and sisters. Why aren't the houses of worship that many of us attend teaching about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, brothers and sisters. This is a day that you have to keep. The blood is on your hand as a teacher and as a minister and as a shepherd over people to teach the people about the Lord's holy days or feast days, brothers and sisters. So I am excited about this coming Sunday at sundown, brothers and sisters. Let's continue to read. Those who just tuned in, we're teaching on the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Now, some of you all say, Black Eyes, well, you are in the Old Testament. you you just reading that Old Testament. Well, we can't be an Old Testament scholar alone without being a New Testament Christian, brothers and sisters. So let's go into the book of Matthew. What does this feast day represent? Each feast day has a deeper meaning behind them. It's more than just a ceremony. It's more than just a holy convocation or or gathering or church. If you understand what these feast days represent, you will begin to understand prophecy and what to look for. Let's look throughout the book and see what will take place to mark this great day. Let's go to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Matthew, the 24th chapter. And we're going to start at verse 29. Matthew, the 24th chapter. We're going to start at verse 29, and it reads, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, And that's talking about the Great Tribulation, brothers and sisters, which is a a three-and-a-half-year period. It hasn't happened yet. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Brothers and sisters, this is the day that we've been waiting on. Everybody's saying that they're waiting for the Lord to come back. And many of us, without understanding, say we need to get back into our country. We need to get back into our home where we came from. We don't even have to worry about that, brothers and sisters, because when Jesus comes back, he's going to take care of that himself. Matthew 24 and 31, and he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And this text 
that says heaven is talking about the earth because the earth is the first heaven. And men and women are not anywhere off of this earth, brothers and sisters. So I'll say that again. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. All the nations in which they belong, from one end of heaven or the earth to the other end. Brothers and sisters, when he comes back, it's going down, brothers and sisters, when he, when he comes back. Let's go ahead and continue, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, the 13th chapter. This marks the return or the second coming of Christ. The Lord is giving us a look into that day, brothers and sisters. We are so blessed to see what the prophets saw. We are so blessed to know what the prophets knew. And if we stay in his word, we will uncover the hidden things that we were once ignorant of. Let's read more about this day. Let's go to Isaiah the 13th chapter. Isaiah the 13th chapter. Verses 9 through 13. Isaiah the 13th chapter. Verses 9 through 13. And it reads, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth. And the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Everywhere we read when the Lord comes, the sun is darkened. The moon is not giving off any light. The stars and the constellations are not giving off their light. Complete darkness, brothers and sisters. Verse 11. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold. Why is gold so precious, brothers and sisters? It's because you can't find a lot of it. Anything that's rare to find becomes precious, brothers and sisters. So Many people would be killed during this time period, brothers and sisters, that there's only going to be a portion of people left on this earth. So it says, I will make a man more precious than gold, even a man than the even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts. And in the day of his fierce anger. So we got the day of the Lord. We got the day of his fierce anger. But this day is also called the last day, brothers and sisters. We'll find out more about that in a moment. We're talking about the memorial, the blowing of trumpets, its meaning, its purpose, and 
prophecy, brothers and sisters. Let's keep this thing going on. Now, everyone who thinks that they're going to be happy to see Jesus when he comes back, everyone ain't going to be happy to see him, brothers and sisters, when he comes. Because, see, when he comes back, then you have to be held accountable for the things that you and I are doing on this earth. Are you really ready to see Jesus? Are you ready to see him today? I know I got some more work to do, so I'm not rushing it, brothers and sisters. I'm in that cleanup process. Let's go to the book of Joel, the second chapter. In the book of Joel, we learn about the blowing of the trumpets and the coming of the Lord. They go hand in hand. This is why it is important to know this word and what to look for. Let's go to the book of Joel, the second chapter. The book of Joel, the second chapter, and we're going to read at verse 1. It says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there have not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns the land as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yeah, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap like the noise of a flame of the fire that devours the stubble, as a strong people Set in battle array. Joel 2 and 7. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one of his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. Brothers and sisters, are we ready for this day, brothers and sisters? Let's go down to verse 12. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rent not your and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. What the Lord is saying here, brothers and sisters, is it's, too, it's not too late to repent. We still are in a position to repent, brothers and sisters. How do I know? Because the thief, brothers and sisters, that was on the cross, right before he died, he told the Lord, he looked at me, he said, remember me when you are in your father's kingdom. And the Lord looked at him and he said, I'm saying to you today, 
that you will be with me in my Father's kingdom, brothers and sisters. So when the time of resurrection comes, which is when the Lord comes back, that thief is going to make it into the kingdom because he repented. He asked for forgiveness, brothers and sisters. There's nothing that you have done that you can't ask the Lord to forgive you from, brothers and sisters. Paul was responsible for the death of Christians, of the followers of Jesus. Paul, the man whose writings you read and base your whole church doctrine off of, was responsible for killing Christians. And the Lord used him. He repented of the evil that he had done, brothers and sisters. The same goes for you. I don't know how much time you have. Because your time or my time might end during this program, right after this program is over. But brothers and sisters, I'm telling you right now that you have time to repent and ask for forgiveness for the things that you have done. And again, that goes for me as well. Let's go ahead and read some more about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, which marks the coming of Jesus. Let's go to the book of Revelations, the sixth chapter. Revelations, the sixth chapter, verses 12 through 17. Revelations, the sixth chapter, verses 12 through 17. And it reads, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black. Everywhere we are reading, the sun became black. The sun was darkened, brothers and sisters. You need to know the signs to look for. You ain't going to get too much of this many other places, brothers and sisters. That's why you got to read the word of God yourself. Don't leave here talking about, well, Black Ice said this. No, Black Ice read this, brothers and sisters. It says, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and look, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us. And hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? Brothers and sisters, no one can defeat our Lord and Savior Jesus. 
So the question is, whose side do you want to be found to be on when he comes back? See, the presidents of this world, your pastors, your preachers, when you die, they can't raise you back from the dead. The only one that could do that, brothers and sisters, is Jesus. So wouldn't I want to be on the side of the one that can bring me back to life? Even when my time here in this flesh and blood body on this earth is done and over with? There is no choice, brothers and sisters. I can't understand our, our, our mother and our father, Adam, choosing between the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, brothers and sisters. I, I, I got a tree of life. I got Jesus that's in the midst of the garden that could teach me how to live forever. And then I got another tree. The only thing that he can offer me is to make me aware of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's continue reading, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Acts, the second chapter. The book of Acts, the second chapter, verses 17 through 21. Acts, the second chapter, verses 17 through 21. Acts 2, verses 17 through 21. And it reads, And it shall come to pass that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is a segment of our Israelite brothers and sisters that teaches that salvation only comes to Israel. I'm reading something different. I'm reading that salvation comes to all men who call on the name of the Lord. And that includes you too, woman, because you are man. You're just a female version of the species of man. I'm going to read that again. Acts 2, verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, brothers and sisters. You still got a chance and you still got an opportunity, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. If you are alive when he is coming... He will still give you a chance to turn and repent. The Lord does not rejoice in killing you, but he will if he has to. However, the great news is that when he comes, all of our loved ones, 
who died in Jesus will be resurrected. And those of us who are living in Jesus will be changed, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of John, the sixth chapter, verses 38 through 40. John, the sixth chapter, verses 38 through 40. And he reads, or it reads, and I agree with my brother Azza, Jesus is the choice that we choose here on the Bible Show Truth Hour, but we accept any translation of that name, brothers and sisters. We accept that. You want to call him Yeshua? That's up to you. If you want to call him Isus, that's up to you. If you want to call him Isua, any translation or version of the name, brothers and sisters, we accept that. We call on the name Jesus here on the Bible Show Truth Now. John, the sixth chapter, we're going to start at verse 38. I just want to make sure. John, the sixth chapter, let's start at verse 38. It says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will, and this is the Father's will who has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. How many people are teaching this? That your loved ones are going to be raised, but, but, but they ain't in heaven looking down on you smiling. It says right here, I will raise him up again at the last day. That's the day that he comes back. It ain't here yet. So where is mama? Where is daddy? Where is grandpa? They're still in the grave, awaiting at least the first resurrection. Verse 30, verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believe on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up again at the last day. That's the second time it read that in John the 6th chapter. Let's see if we can find it somewhere else again. Let's go down to verse 44 in John the 6th chapter. It says, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up again at the last day. That's the third time in this one chapter that it talks about raising up those that have died at the last day, which is the day that he returns, brothers and sisters. Let's read verse 54. It says, whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up again at the last day. And my sister, the last day is not the eighth day. In the context that this is speaking of, the last day is the return of Jesus. And after Jesus returns, he has a thousand year reign on this earth and after the thousand year reign is up well we're going to read that too you know i don't want to go ahead but the eighth day is the father's day um sister so 
That's the day that there would be no more flesh and blood. But when Jesus comes back, there will still be flesh and blood beings here for a thousand years during his reign. So there will be flesh and blood beings and spiritual beings both during this thousand year period when Jesus comes back. But I'm going to get to that answer to the eighth day in a moment, my sister. So let's go ahead and continue at John 3.16. John 3.16, you all know this scripture, brothers and sisters. We have read it all the time, but we're talking about what the Lord promises us. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the goal. This is the reward. This is what we're looking for, everlasting life, brothers and sisters. We can't get it with just singing and shouting and praising and dancing. That's part of it. But the big part of it is to know his word, brothers and sisters. Know what the laws are, the statutes and the commandments are, brothers and sisters. Because, see, when we are judged, we're not going to be judged by our heart. Someone told me the other day, God knows your heart. He looks into the heart of man. Yeah, he looks into the heart of man, but he judges you according to your works. Now, that's scripture. You can read that in Revelation, the 20th chapter. That's scripture. It's your works, your actions that he judges you by. Let's go to uh, 1 John, the first chapter. 1 John, the first chapter, brothers and sisters. We got to get ready, brothers and sisters. This whole life is about getting ready for the return of Christ. First John, the first chapter, let's start at verse 1 through 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, remember, John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it says, that which was in the beginning, talking about Jesus which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus the Christ, brothers and sisters. Everything is about that man. What he told us. What he left us, brothers and sisters. This is the rehearsal period. This is the audition to see if we can get the role of eternal life. Oh, I love it, brothers and sisters. Let's go down to verse 9, that same chapter, 1 John chapter 1. Let's go and read chapter 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brothers and sisters, 
There are some people going around that say, well, I don't have no sin. The Lord cleaned me up. I ain't got no sin. First John chapter 1, verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Let me back up to verse 8. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Who am I to judge you when I have sinned myself? The words of this book, brothers and sisters, is the judge. I am no better than you. You are no better than I, brothers and sisters. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. We got to get ready for the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, brothers and sisters. The Lord's feast day, his holy day, it's coming up. It's this Sunday at sundown, from sundown Sunday to sundown Monday, brothers and sisters, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. The Lord's feast day, a day that is holy, is sanctified, is set apart, is separated. We're supposed to keep this day. And the question is, why aren't you being taught this or about this in many of the houses of worship that we go to? That's just a question, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. So knowing what the memorial of the blowing of trumpets means, it gives us comfort. Even when it is our time to depart from this life, we may know that according to this word of God, that according to the meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy of the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, that we are only a moment away from receiving our crown. When you die, brothers and sisters, are you going to know what time it is? Are you going to know how many moments and minutes and hours and and days and weeks and months and years have passed, you're not going to be knowledgeable of those things. In the book of Ecclesiastics, it says that the dead know nothing. You are unconscious. The same way that when you are asleep at night or during the day, you don't know how long you've been asleep until you wake up and look at a clock. So there are some of our loved ones that have been dead for 10 years. It's just a moment to them. They don't know. Some of our loved ones have been dead for 30 and 40 years. They don't know. We are aware of that because we are still alive. But once you pass away, the knowledge of things concerning this earth ceases to exist. Only when you wake back up, brothers and sisters. You're like, man, how long I've been asleep? I don't even know. It seemed like I was asleep for eight hours and I don't even sleep for one. It seemed like I've been only asleep for one hour and I've been asleep for eight. You're not knowledgeable, brothers and sisters. So that's what the Lord calls, or what we call, I should say, resting in peace. Because, see, what greater peace than you can have than your mind being at peace? 
If your loved ones who are dead were able to look at you and smile, then wouldn't they be able to look at you and cry? Oh, my God, my loved one was just killed in a car accident. I'm looking down on him crying. Oh, my God, my loved one was just shot in the head. I'm looking down on you crying. How can I be at peace and still be knowledgeable of what's going on in this world after I die? No, brothers and sisters, that doctrine came out of the mind of man. The Lord says that when you take your last breath, and you give up the ghost, everything up in here ceases to operate. But when the Lord comes back and wakes you back up, brothers and sisters, into that spiritual body, a body that can't die anymore, a body that can't bleed anymore, a body that don't decay and smell and stink anymore, brothers and sisters, then we got our reward. We're living forever. But again, everybody's going to be resurrected. Everybody's going to wake up. Everybody's going to have a spiritual body. But the question is, is your spiritual body going to be in the lake of fire with Satan and the false prophet? In the bad part of the kingdom, which is going to be here on this earth, or is your body, new body, going to be in the kingdom of God, which, according to Jesus, who said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So when the kingdom comes down here, we get access to it. Brothers and sisters, I got so much to talk about, so much to say, but for the sake of time, we've got to move on with this lesson. we only got a few more places to go. We're in the book of 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verses 6 through 8. We're ready for our crown, brothers and sisters. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verses 6 through 8. The fourth chapter, verses 6 through 8. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, and it reads, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Everybody who was knowledgeable of this word of God was pointing to a day that was coming, brothers and sisters. Not the day you die, but the day that was coming. The day that the Lord returns, brothers and sisters, that's what we're waiting on, to see a resurrection. And I keep saying a resurrection because that's not the only resurrection. Let's keep this thing going on. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. If we can walk this walk into the end, we will receive the promises of the Lord when he returns. But the question is, is Abraham up in heaven? Is Moses up in heaven? Is Isaac and Jacob and David, are they up in heaven? Or are they waiting for the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, brothers and sisters? Well, let's find out. Let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 13. 
Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 13. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, all those men who sacrificed and paid the price and walked in the wilderness and slept in tents and held on to their faith and was faithful to God, did they receive the promise? Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 13, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it talking about faith, the elders obtained a good report. So we have here, they obtained a good report. And what we're trying to do today is obtain a good report, but the question is that all these elders receive the promise. Well, let's see. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. But he looked for a city which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful whom had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the sea, sure innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. They still in the grave, brothers and sisters awaiting the promise. The only one that's not in the grave, according to what we can read here, is Enoch, because it was translated that he should not see death and was not found. So what does that mean? Enoch is not dead, nor is he in the kingdom of God because it has not arrived yet. Enoch 
which was transformed to a spirit being, brothers and sisters, and is still here until the kingdom of God comes, brothers and sisters. I know that was a little bit deep for a lot of people, but another lesson for another time, we can get a little bit deeper into that, brothers and sisters. These all died in faith, Hebrews 11 and 13, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They saw it afar off and were persuaded of them. Abraham, you're going to have everlasting life. Moses, you're going to have everlasting life. Sarah, you're going to have everlasting life. Abel, you're going to have everlasting life. They saw it afar off. It says right here, brothers and sisters, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Brothers and sisters, they waiting just like we're waiting, brothers and sisters. God is a fair God. He's a fair judge, brothers and sisters. They're not going to jump over us to get the crown. They're not going to jump over us to get into the kingdom. When Jesus comes back, everyone who either has died in Christ or lives in Christ is going to be resurrected at the same time, brothers and sisters. You keep hearing me say, in Christ. To die in Christ means that you have to be keeping these statutes, laws, and commandments. You have to be keeping the Lord's Sabbath day, which is from Saturday, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Are we going to give up our Sunday church to keep the Sabbath day? Because where I read here, the definition of Sunday is the first day of the week. So the question is, who changed the Lord's day? the seventh day of the week, to the first day of the week. I'll tell you who did it. The Roman Emperor Constantine. So if you go to church today on a Sunday, you are practicing Roman Catholicism, brothers and sisters. And if you bear the cross, you are practicing Roman Catholicism. These things were implemented, originated, and created out of the mind of man. Not the Most High God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's continue with our word for the day. Now, God was trying to give us this in the beginning. All we want is the one who can give us life, brothers and sisters. But how is it that we want that today when God was trying to give that to us in the beginning when we were created? Let's go back to the beginning and let us show you. Genesis, the second chapter, two verses, eight and nine. Genesis, the second chapter, verses eight and nine. Let's go ahead and read it. It says right here, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put a man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But 
the tree of life was there. It was there for us to access, to grab hold to, to eat from. Jesus is the tree of life. He could have gave it to us in the beginning, but we refused it. And we went with Satan, who is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, brothers and sisters. Verse 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. That includes the tree of life, which is Jesus. We could have freely ate from the knowledge of him and learned how to live forever. 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So today we are dying every day, brothers and sisters, because we refused in the beginning, in the garden, that tree of life, brothers and sisters, none other than Jesus himself, the Christ. Let's go to the book of Revelations, the second chapter. Book of Revelations, the second chapter, and we're going to go to uh, verse 7. Revelation, the second chapter, verse 7. Revelations 2 and 7. And it reads, He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, Will I give to eat of the tree of life? Wait a minute. Why are we talking about the tree of life at the last book of the Bible when we just read about the tree of life in the beginning of the Bible, in the first book, in the second chapter? God is coming back to give us what he tried to give us in the beginning. We didn't want it. But now that we've gone through so much hell, brothers and sisters, now we want the same thing that we could have had in the beginning but refused it. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Verse 11. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. The second death is the lake of fire, brothers and sisters. And if you overcome in this life by doing the things that God commands us to do, then you don't have to worry about the second death, which is the lake of fire, brothers and sisters. Let's read verses 17, and it reads, He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcome will I give to eat of the hidden manna. And will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. So don't no man know this except the man, except he that receiveth. Let's go to verses 26 and 27. Revelations 2, 26 and 27. And he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule 
them with the rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is trying to share the things that the Father has given him with us, brothers and sisters. But we got to overcome this life. We got to overcome this life, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and keep reading down to verse 29. And I will give him the morning star. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Are you hearing what I'm reading, brothers and sisters? He that have an ear, let him hear, brothers and sisters. Without the blowing of the trumpets, there is no coming of Jesus. There is no resurrection of the dead, and there is no eternal life, brothers and sisters. The memorials of the blowing of trumpets, the Lord's feast day, the Lord's holy day, brothers and sisters, the meaning, the purpose, and the prophecy. If you've been on this show, you know what the meaning is. You know what the purpose is, and you know what the prophecy is now, brothers and sisters. The question is, now that you know, now that you know, what are you going to do with this information? The memorial of the blowing of the trumpets will be celebrated Sunday at sundown until Monday at sundown. The Lord commands us to have a holy convocation, a gathering, a church gathering, brothers and sisters. If your pastors and preachers are not teaching you this, you need to go back and ask him why. And if he says to you, oh, that's the Old Testament, we don't do that no more. I have to ask you, does God change? In this book, it says God does not change. Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe it's time, brothers and sisters, to sit under a teacher of God, not someone who's just going to give you a sermon about a life lesson, about a personal testimony, about something that happened in his or her life. Maybe it's time to sit up under a teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the coming of the kingdom of God. Maybe it's time, brothers and sisters, that you get to know this book for yourself. Take notes. Write them down. Go back and study them. Refer to them. Because when you are standing before God, ain't going to be no excuse, brothers and sisters. My pastor didn't teach me this. My mama didn't tell me this. You got access to learn this thing for yourself, brothers and sisters. Now is the time. The memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Thank you so much for your time. For those who are on YouTube, 
We are signing off right now. We thank you for listening to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. Share this video. If you want to become a part of our text message invite list, which means that we will text you right before we go live on air. And to remind you that we're about to go live and to give you the lesson of the day that we're covering. You can either watch us on Facebook Live or listen to us on Poet Radio Talks You Live, brothers and sisters. So if you want to be added to our text message invite list, then text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. And if you're on Facebook, go and like our Facebook page, The Truth Hour Bible Show. And for those of you who are on Facebook Live, please go like our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. Peace and blessings. Good night, YouTube. For those who are on Facebook Live, I thank you for tuning in. I know this was a lengthy lesson and it was a long lesson, but I appreciate you for bearing in with us. If you want to know more about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, tune in to our Sabbath day service, which will be um, this Saturday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and then the actual memorial of the uh, of the blowing of trumpets lesson will be this Monday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and you can find that lesson on Israel of God, Chicago, or IOG.org. Um, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. Um, on behalf of Brother Messenger and all of our team Truth Hour members, I thank you. Let's go ahead and pray out. And please don't forget to start your watch parties and share this video and invite people. All right? Let's go ahead and pray out. Father God, we thank you once again for allowing us to come before your people, Father God, and to spread your word and read your word as it is written in your book, Father God. Please forgive us of the things that we have not known, Father God. We are working towards salvation with fear and trembling, Father God. We have a desire in our heart to know your word and to learn your word and to do all the things that you command us to do in your word, Father God. It is hard, Father God, and you know that it is hard, Father God, because of our intercessor, your son, Jesus the Christ. We ask that you strengthen our spirit, discipline our spirit so that we may deny the lower nature of ourselves, Father God, in this flesh. And we ask that all of your feast days, including this one, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, that you reveal to us the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding of your feast days, their meaning, their purpose, and their prophecy. We ask these things to your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. We pray. Amen. Good night, everybody. I must have skipped a whole bunch of stuff. Out there
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.